Nothing discussed with Dr. Dennis Mealy in this conversation is meant to diagnose or treat any condition or takes the place of talking with your own healthcare professionals. Aloha, everyone, and welcome to another conversation from anxiety to clarity. I'm Beth Ann Kozlovich from Sutter Health Kahimohala, and this project is a combined effort by myself and Evan Leong of Brain Gain Hawaii and my colleague at Sutter Health Kahimohala, Trisha Kajimura. We're hoping that these conversations are conduits to bring us some hope and some help as we're all trying to negotiate our way through life with COVID-19, which looks like it's going to be with us for a while. So where are we right now? Well, Hawaii is trying to create a semblance of normalcy. We're still in the second phase of the Beyond Recovery Plan. The impact level is now act with care instead of safer at home. That means we get more movement and more accessibility to retail and other things going on in our community, including beaches and maybe a hair salon, which would be a very good thing for me these days, and a few other things like restaurants opening soon for in, uh, in, in-house dining. All of those things are in the works and we're moving toward that, uh, but we're still going to be masking and we're still, still going to be having social distancing. All those things that we know are going to be part of our lives in a lot of ways as we're going forward. So what does that mean for inter island travel? Well, that may soon be happening without the 14-day quarantine. The quarantine, though, still will be in effect for mainland travelers. And as for pre-arrival testing, well, that's still up in the air. So from a medical perspective, that's kind of where we are now in, in dealing with each other. We can talk about economics another time or the impact of that later in the conversation. Really what we're doing is balancing the start of the economy or the restart of the economy with the impact on public health. And that really is an exercise in acceptable risk. What can we do right now to build our own resistance and immunity, both to make sure we don't come down with COVID-19 or enhance the chances of not doing that, and also to avoid the ongoing negative psychological effects of the pandemic? Well, today we're going to talk about that. Dr. Dennis Mealy joins me with thoughts on how we can fortify our physical and mental health. He's directed the state's mental health division, Castle Medical Center's Department of Psychiatry, and he's conducted many Hawaii-based research studies. He's cur- currently the clinical professor of psychiatry at the Johnny Burns School of Medicine, a speaker for new medications, and he also practices outpatient psychiatry and research. And it's my real pleasure to be able to talk again with Dr. Dennis Mealy. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So good to be with you and, and, and great to be able to chat around important topics right now. Well, and, and there are topics that we keep chatting around because so many of them are ongoing and or they're, they're changing in the way we're approaching them. And I'm curious, as you've been watching all of this and obviously still working because you are an essential worker and seeing patients, how are you viewing where we are in the state right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Bethan, and I, I think, you know, we hear so much from all over different places, right, all over the world. And, of course, our local folks are doing a great job of giving us the information they can, mostly physical health related. And, uh, of course, those of us in, in uh, psychiatry and mental health like to remind us all that we yeah. – have a, a major issue uh, facing us with regards to our emotional health. 
So I, I'm glad that you you have focused in that direction, have uh, chosen to help uh, our citizens understand those issues more. And and I think, you know, I think we recognize as a state that we have a big challenge ahead, that, that we really are only just starting to maybe feel the emotional impacts of the pandemic. Uh, of course, all of us are stressed. We all know that. We're all kind of anxious. We're all not... Uh, sure what we should do. We're somewhat bored at home. There's a lot of emotions that we're sharing in common. And in a sense, that's a strength because sometimes mm. if you're like, we're the only one with that feeling, you know, then we, we feel embarrassed about that. But we do share something right now in our social mental health. Um, but what we do, what are we doing about it to prevent it getting worse? Because that's what most of the the experts in, in mental health here and, of course, around the world are saying that the, the worst is yet to come, right? That the, the issues of uh, real depression, real anxiety, of real post-traumatic stress disorder and, and so forth are, are really yet to follow what we're experiencing right now. And maybe the mental health system will be overwhelmed. Um, so I, I think, yeah, we're in Hawaii. In many respects, by our data, we're doing better. But by the issues of whether we will struggle with our social-emotional self, we don't know much about that yet. We just have to be prepared uh, to deal with that. I was thinking about the reports that came out of the WHO and the UN that are squarely focused on, on mental health. And in, in some ways, to see that kind of focus is heartening because for so long health meant physical health and yet we know we're not you know bifurcated human beings where this is your physical side and this is your emotional or psychological side that we are supposed to be integrated whole human beings and yet the the focus has always seemed to land with the physical and at least if there's some sort of silver lining to any of this and and heaven knows this is not a great situation that we would want to have a civil lining come out of but at least if there is one it's the fact that most people are now thinking much more deeply about their, their mental health. And, and that's a very good thing. Having said that though, knowing that we could be overrun because those are the kinds of issues we may be facing in addition to all kinds of things happening in, in Hawaii. And here we are about to come into June and hurricane season and all the things that could add to, to some real serious anxiety above and beyond the very serious levels that we're already at. That's a real concern. So I'm, I'm, I'm concerned too that as you are seeing patients and, and looking out at where we are, are you noticing uh, any worsening of that in the people that you're seeing and that you're talking to? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, day by day we haven't known kind of what to expect. And I'm I'm probably seeing about the same number of patients. I'm just seeing uh, uh, most of them on, on telemedicine right now, right, rather than in person, although we do see some folks in, in person. So it's been a question in my mind uh, with each interview, you know, how are they doing? Are they really um, suffering more? Uh, what What's going on with their mental health uh, now with all that's going on? It's It's been interesting so far, Bethan, that I think, most of the folks I talk to are experiencing the same kinds of things that the rest of us are experiencing. You know, they're having, they're bored at home. They're anxious about what's tomorrow going to bring. They're worried about their family members, their, their senior members. And 
So there's many of the same kind of stressors, anxieties. You know, anxiety is, uh, we've usually talked about being a, a feeling of fear of what might happen. So it's so natural to be anxious right now because none of us know what's going to happen to the world, to our stores, to our churches, to our health, to our families, and so forth. So anxiety is really a normal feeling. If we didn't have it, probably there'd be something more to question and worry about. But my patients seem to be mostly experiencing those same kinds of things. I haven't had anyone who's been, say, more suicidal necessarily. Of course, we have folks who are suicidal. We have folks who are psychotic uh, presenting at our hospitals. I'm wearing my Castle shirt today, and this is, uh, of course, Castle is the, the hospital that I've been most associated with. And I know I was talking with them last night in the emergency department about uh, some patients who are presenting. And, but it seemed to be not so much related to COVID, but related just to issues going on in their life or not taking their medications or whatever. So I, I think, I think there's, it's still a, an unknown, but I think we can anticipate based on the study of previous world crises. You know, we've had some, right? So there's a whole disaster study um, awareness that is in the mental health field as well as in physical health field that we sort of know what happens with disasters. We know that there are sequelae that that occur from that. So maybe I'd I'd like to to get, if it's okay with you, Bethann, I think there's a couple of things that have kind of been more underlined for me as I've thought about this, you know, one, one thing you, you mentioned, you know, and I think it's really relevant to right now is that, you know, in the past we had mental health over here and we had physical health over here and we had spiritual health over here and so forth. And we, we didn't integrate them into a whole, like I think we're all realizing more that holism and, and whole health and so forth is the reality that everything is interspersed. So if we're talking about, COVID-9 infections, we're really talking about impacting not just physical, but emotional, everything. So that holism, that togetherness of our experiences is really one important thing. I think the other thing that's, that's been important to me, and I think as I've been talking to folks, is recognizing some, not so much that we just have to think about what are we going to have to do in the future. Of course, the folks in the hospitals now are worrying what to do for people who don't have enough oxygen and so forth, so forth. But sometimes we, we're sort of focused on what's to come and what are we going to do treated and do we have enough facilities? We have to do that, of course. But I think there's a lot of things we can do right now that are really relevant to COVID and that are relevant to our physical health, emotional health. And that's, that's kind of why I wanted to, to focus a little bit today on our immune systems, on our resistance to physical and emotional problems that we might get from this whole pandemic thing that's going on. So, and, and, and I'd have to say that that's, that's kind of a new thing for me. You know, I, I've been mostly focused on treatment. I've done over 300 studies on new medications and I do speak for most of the companies on all the new medications that we have. So a lot of my focus in my career has been, you know, apart from the administrative work and so forth, has been on treatment, has been on medications, has been trying to wait till the person has an illness, then we do something about it. And we try to do the very best we can. And of course, we'll always need to do that. But a part that's kind of newer to me has been recognizing that our resistance 
two physical and emotional conditions, our immune system, how that works, is a kind of very important area and something that we can do things about right now. So um, my wife and I, Jackie, we've been married just, what, about six, some years now. Oh, boy, you better ask her how long it was. I don't know exactly. But but the my my first wife of 43 years, some of you know, died 11 years ago. And she was a psychiatrist who had a lot of commitment actually to health too. And she was a vegan and she, she believed in a number of preventive things. It's, a, it's sad that another condition killed her uh, prematurely. I, I really wish it wasn't so soon. But, but Jackie, my, my new wife, has been very, very helpful to me because she has a, a doctorate in public health from Loma Linda. So she's been much more involved in the preventive, the, the doing things that might prevent our getting sick, physically, emotionally, whatever. So she's introduced me to a lot of things. And I'm still a babe in understanding a lot of it and a babe in practicing it. So, um, I, I, I'd like maybe Bethann to just um, cover some of those things that I have learned in the last couple of years. And a well, let, yeah. no, I was going to say, well, well let's, let's do some of that because one of the things that we've heard for a very long time is that, you know, sort of body follows mind and you have to be able to have the, the mental outlook first. Now, obviously it's not a panacea, but to be able to say that those things are so well integrated and you mentioned spiritual health too. And we're looking at the fact that people are going to be able to gather spiritually in certain ways. And obviously with distancing and masking, et cetera, coming up and that, that connection is so important in being able to prevent a lot of, of the ills, or at least be able to uh, head off some of the, the anxiety that a lot of people are, are feeling. Even when you know that you're at home, and you're feeling the same thing as somebody else, it's very different when you can talk about it with someone else or be able to have a, a you know, common experience with someone. So I'm curious about what it is you see that we could do right now as we face so much uncertainty with you know, travel being reopened sometime this summer, potentially second waves of, of COVID cases, uh, people very unsure how their lives are going to continue in, in work and with school and all these things that are still in development, it's hard to dance on the shifting carpet. And yet we're all being able to, well, we're all being told we have to do that. How able we are is another issue, but the things that we can do now to enhance our chances, I'm very curious what you see. Yeah. And, and, and I think we do have an extra, extra opportunity to incorporate some new things right now. Cause uh, a lot of us are sitting home sort of bored, I, you know, a lot of my patients tell me that they're just sleeping or they're just watching a lot of television or playing a lot of games. Some very good things, you know, spending more family time, playing uh, games together and so forth. But I think it is an opportunity that we have right now to try out some things today, right now, that might really help us with COVID, but also help prevent some of the things. So I like a mnemonic that actually I've known about a long time, but frankly, I've never really practiced it called New Start, so N-E-W-S-T-A-R-T. And, and this represents, I think, some of the main things that we can do to build our immune system, to build our resistance. So N, what do you think that is? N is nutrition. Now, you know, I, I, I again have to admit that that's not been a very strong suit of mine. I, I have, uh, I mentioned that Valerie was a, a vegan for about 10, 15 years. 
and uh, mm. he was very tolerant. So I ate all my non-vegan stuff all the time, uh, and she wasn't judgmental or critical or whatever. But and and, and I must admit, a lot of these kinds of things I have sort of known that they're important, but really been hard to practice. But so this is a bit of a challenge, Beth, and I think to myself and to all of us, nutrition, you know, I think we hear about it. Usually in the past, I've thought it's for crackpots, but if, if you if you really look at some vegan data, and, and, and I recommend a couple of seeing your home uh, with time to watch things, Forks over knives. Look it up. Forks over knives. Good luck, health. And I think there's something about champions. Something like the game. No, the game changes. Game changes is good because it has um, um, a governor. Um, what's his name? California film star. Huh? Oh, no, no, no. You, you talked before that when uh, it was. Um, God, why am I putting him out of my head? Anyway. Like, Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's in the game changes, and okay. apparently he's trying to practice veganism right now. Um, and, is, and are you? Wait, I got to ask you: Are you? So, so this this is what I've done. I've, I I have gradually become more vegetarian oriented. So I'm I'm trying not to eat uh, red meats. I, I occasionally will eat salmon and a little chicken. You know, I get a lot of because I speak for the pharmaceutical companies. I get a lot of pharmaceutical reps come by and they bring good food <laughs> not vegan usually but i've been asking for vegan i i would say the last couple of months or so i have been more vegan and it's it's really interesting because my my wife valerie used to say i would say come on let's eat some fish or something you know we know fish is good for you and she says i've just lost my taste for fish i don't you know she was she was raised in australia meat and potatoes i mean it was a big thing in Australia, but she changed. I didn't change much when she was here, but since Jackie's been around, I've gone from white rice to brown rice. I never thought I could do that. You know, eating <laughs> white rice. I mean, that's almost sacrilegious, but I only, my husband says the same thing. Yes. And and it's, it's, it tastes better now. I mean, it's better. I, I like it better than white rice. I'm, I'm eating uh, much more, more vegetables. In fact, Jackie, uh, I wouldn't say she forces it on me, but every morning she makes this big flask of vegetables and fruit. And we we have a garden out here. We're in a condo now, but we have two patios and we have aloe vera growing wildly out there. We have lemons and all kinds of other things um, growing out there. So she puts aloe vera in that thing, plus all other kinds of things that I don't know, but I'm supposed to drink mm. all that long. And, and actually I've gotten used to it and it's, <laughs> Yeah, it still doesn't taste real good, but it's oh, okay. Forgive me, but just in the interest of time, if that's the end for nutrition, what's the E? And I'm glad you're doing good things because it, it, it looks good on you. What's those? What's those? Yeah, I've lost about ten or fifteen pounds, and and I'm, I'm doing better with my meds. E is exercise. New start. N E exercise. And I, when I think about exercise, I think about physical, emotional, brain. You know, mental social, spiritual, all, all of those whole person things that we need to exercise. We know like we have to use our brain to avoid getting Alzheimer's. But I, I think exercise builds our immune system to resist COVID. We know that exercise, walking, running, and so forth uh, allows us to, to have um, better 
emotional health, you know, with the, um, the endorphins that we release, we, we feel less depressed and so forth. Interesting study, Bethann, was um, we used to walk, we walk now every morning for the last couple of years, we walk, we're walking about 4,000 steps. A study just came out in the General American Medical Association that 4,000 steps, they looked at about 5,000 people with this. If you walk 8,000 steps a day, you reduce your 10-year mortality by 50%. So 8,000 steps, 50% lower rate of mortality. If you walk, That's a good reason. You reduce it by 65%. So this is death from any cause. It's not right. COVID. This is before COVID. Death from any cause, you reduce it by that significant amount if you walk 8,000. So we're working 8,000 steps now. But we also need to exercise, social exercising. We need to talk together. Sort of like what we're doing now. Going and talking to each other and so forth. Talk to families. We Zoom with family now. Every weekend, you know, they're mm. all but we Zoom with, uh, there are two different uh, families. Um, we, we need to exercise our uh, emotional self. So there's, you know, we need Okay, forgive me for stopping you, but I just know that in our limited time, we've got, N is nutrition, E is exercise. What's the W? W is water. So water. Yeah, I figured. Water that you go in. So we swim every morning. But my wife did some research at Loma Linda. That people who drink five glasses of water at least five times a day have a much lower rate of heart attack and stroke. So I've been trying to do it. Drink more water. Drink more times a day. And also swimming, we get into the jacuzzi and then the swimming. So the hot and cold has something to do too. There's some studies that really show that that is beneficial to your immune system too. So that's water, sun. Okay. Sun. Sun. So sunshine is, you know, they've been talking about sunshine actually kills the, uh, the coronavirus. And, and so we're lucky in Hawaii. But we, we also know that sun creates vitamin D, right? Vitamin D is is really essential for our immune systems. So not too much sun, but sometimes they say even kind of 15 minutes in the early day sun, um, if we expose our skin to it, we, we get a, a dose of vitamin D. Um, Jackie talks about if you stand in an area where your shadow is shorter than your, your, your height, yeah. that's, the, that's the best UVB. You gotta get UVB, not UVA. Right. He's the one that doesn't go through the window. So that's important too for our, our immune system. T is, is temperance. This, this came out of the 1800s and there was temperance societies. But there, there is value in not eating too much, not drinking too much, not smoking, right. not using too much drugs. Not using you mean like what my grandmother would say, everything in moderation or maybe most things in moderation? Everything in moderation. And of course, something better not to touch at all. And exactly. COVID, we know that with mental health and so forth. So uh, that's an important word to remember. A is air, fresh air. And I know some of us are staying inside, because uh, we're told to, but we've always been able to walk on the sidewalks away from other people. I would encourage that we do that. And we, we take those 8,000 steps if possible. It reduces our death rate. So uh, fresh air is, is very important, and we have the opportunity to do that year-round here in Hawaii, so that's really good. Rest is R. R is rest, mm-hmm. relaxation. 
And we know that we're, for our mental health and our physical health, for our immune system, seven or eight hours of sleep a night is, is really important. I never used to get that, but I'm trying to get seven or eight hours of sleep a night. And it does help. I mean, I feel better because of it. But we also need to do relaxation things. We need to take enough rest. We shouldn't be working too much. We should adequately balance our life so that we get enough time for fun and relaxation as well as uh, output type type things. So R is an important one. T is, uh, this this emerged from a, our, our church. It's sort of a, a castle kind of emphasis. Um, something in this church developed this new start back in the 1800s. And, and why Seventh-day Adventists have always kind of followed these uh, kinds of principles. And that's why Blue Zones, I don't know, uh, Bethan, you followed the Blue Zones, but... I've, yes, and I've, I've interviewed him several times, or I did when I was at Public Radio. Yes, Blue Zones are very, very important. It's, it's really been a great movement to identify five areas that are healthier, that live longer. So Loma Linda was one of them. And that's because there are a lot of Seventh-day Adventists who do practice these things. So, you know, I, I never frankly was a believer, but I'm becoming a believer because the data shows it. The data shows that if we have, and, and Blue Zones talks about this. Blue Zones is not a, a faith-based organization, but they've recognized that if you have a faith, whatever it is, but if you have a belief system, if you if you go to church, I, I, I read something just came out of the General American Association. They followed 6,000 who went to church once a week, whatever church it was, whatever faith gathering it was, whatever AA meeting where there's the, the uh, higher power. But if you go once a week, you reduce your uh, risk of dying in a, a one-year period, I think they were saying, dying from despair by 50%. I mean, it was a tremendous reduction if you have a belief system that guides your life that you attend at least once a week, uh, where you can fellowship with others. So, uh, I, I think I think it is important, Bethan. I think it is important for me, and I think all of those things that we can start doing right now. You know, we can't do them all right now, but we can start somewhere and just do little bits and grow with that. What do you think? Well, you know, all of those things sound very forgive me, old school. It sounds like the things that we were taught as children or at least told were really good things. And that as we've entered adulthood have fallen away where somehow, for example, just taking that R for rest, people think that there's some sort of nobility in not getting enough rest and continuing to try to work or to do and and constantly produce. And, And yet we have the studies to show that that's, that's not necessarily in our best interest to do that. And our best interest is really served by getting the rest. It's taken, you know, corporate America a long time to be able to catch up with that. A lot of business is still catching up with that. Um, If there is, again, another bit of silver lining to what we're experiencing because of COVID, I think it's a shift in how people are looking at work and what kinds of environments people need to work well. And I'm not talking about, you know, what goes on in Silicon Valley where you've got, you know, the, today's cereal bar or whatever it's just that people are working differently and especially because of being at home understanding that productivity does not necessarily mean that someone has to be in an office at or in a cubicle at a desk for eight straight hours a day with a couple of breaks 
that's maybe a good part of it too. Um, also, I think the return to faith that you mentioned is a really important part of this too, because no one is saying it has to be this faith or, or that faith. And certainly nobody's, you are not suggesting that, but just to have some belief that there is something beyond. Now, there are a lot of people though, who feel that that is completely contrary to the way they want to live their lives. And that's fine too. But to have some belief in what's important for your life is really, really to me, you know, central to the argument that you're making about why New Start is such an important acronym to maintain. In, in, and they're simple things. They're very, very simple things. So as, as you do all those physical things, and obviously they have psychological outputs, uh, or at least they help to support one's mental health or, or outlook, how do you think that that is, is moving into medicine, as you're saying it, here in Hawaii, and as we're all trying to input some of these things in, you know, the very nice notes we're getting and all those things are coming, but is this really a movement that you're seeing that's gathering steam or are we all just really very hopeful because we're seeing glimmers? You know, I don't, I don't know any data like for Hawaii. Um, it would be interesting. I, I'm not sure who would gather it. Maybe Castle should, but um, yeah. it's, there you go. it's a... Um, I think there's there's data that shows that uh, United States there's a movement towards uh, uh, like vegan vegetarian diets. Um, uh, I think the meat industry has noticed that before this whole thing started, there's been some reduction in in red meat consumption. Um, so I think I think there's gradual things. Uh, I th- I think part of the uh, I, I mean I'll speak for my from my own faith. We've sometimes associated good health with you got to belong to a certain church or whatever, whatever. And I don't think it's that. That's why I like blue zones a great deal because it's not allied to a, a particular church or whatever. It's not even faith-based. Although, no, and in fact, many, many organizations and, no. and companies and businesses have adopted the blue zones philosophy. Kahimohala has adopted that. And you can, you know, park a certain number of spaces away and, and it's, a, you know, the blue zone parking spots and and in the food choices offered both for patients and for staff many companies are are trying to adopt some of this too because it just makes a lot of sense uh, for your own personal health and longevity well it's good that and protectivity runs in hawaii up to now phasing out soon but i think there is that recognition uh, that all of these things are for our, all of our benefit, as well as for the health insurers and the, and uh, even well, I know about the hospitals. Hospitals need people to get sick, but I, I think that's why Castle, for example, is moving heavily towards um, uh, trying to focus on the wellness, on the prevention, on the immune system building. And I think a lot of the hospitals are. I know at Straub, uh, HPH, they, they put a lot more emphasis on these things. So I think there is movement, Bethann, in our state that is very positive. And I think Blue Zones is helping because they're approaching in a very practical way, as you know, right? They're not just saying, do this, do that, that, so forth. They're, they're asking the supermarkets to have a, uh, an aisle that's healthier foods, right? They're asking uh, schools to have a healthy option and restaurants to have more on their menu and so forth. So it, it's a much more system approach which i think is likely to be beneficial rather than a, a preachy do and yeah. don't of uh, 
condemning kind of thing. I think it's a positive growth thing that we all should embrace, I think. I'm trying. Okay, well, I mean, and, and I'll, in that vein, let me ask you this then. As you step back and look at this, do you think at some point in, in our history, and we may not be around to see it, but that we're going to look back at these years of beginning to deal with COVID and seeing, you know, whatever may happen as we move forward, but this will be a truly seminal time in, in the world's history and in our history in creating better societies, more sustainable societies, better ideas of, of work and what work means, and also just in general, increasing the health and well-being of, of the planet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for those changes you mentioned. And like you're talking about our, our work attitudes. You know, I think, I mean, the U.S. is known for our commitment to working hard and producing and so forth. But I think this is hopefully going to create change in the way we look at productivity, the way we look at what we do as an individual. You know, I'm, I'm originally from Australia and Australians, they work hard too, but they sort of like to have their fun too, right? They, they sort of relax and, 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 and I don't know if they're healthy or not. I don't know the data of comparing Australians to Americans, but I think, I think you're right that this experience can, should, hopefully will achieve a lot of positive change in so many of these aspects of cultural issues, work issues, personal health issues, how we relate to each other, even maybe how we uh, have our faith, whatever faith that might be. I, I'm, I'm truly hoping with you, Beth Ann, that that's going to be a positive result of all this, even though it seems so painful right now. And especially painful to all the tens of thousands of people who have lost their lives in, in all of this. And, and, you know, the, the, the point of, at the very beginning of the conversation, even looking at how we're opening up our state and understanding that we're going to have to accept some risk with all of this. And just to bring us back to that, that it's not all going to be rosy and wonderful and no one is suggesting by any means that this would be something that you know, we should look at as a good thing. But if we can try to find some way of, of making sense of this, of, of being able to understand that there's a lot out there that we don't know, that we don't understand about our world, and that we may have other episodes like this too, but to be able to have the, the ability to be nimble and to be flexible in how we look at the way in which we live our lives and the quality of our lives and yes. the people we want to have in our lives, that may become a very good outgrowth of something that is truly, truly terrible. And I'm wondering, if is is all of this for you, and I know you've spoken very personally about this, but is all of this for you sort of giving you a, a new lease on life, a new road to follow? It seems in many ways from what you're talking about, I mean, I never thought I would hear you be vegan and knowing that you know Val had been a vegan. I never thought I would hear that. Uh, or Or the fact that you're walking as much as you're doing. And in fact, you've dropped some great weight. You are happy. All of these things. You seem like to be a poster child for yeah. everything that you've told us today. Yeah, I know about the poster child, but I, I, can, I can tell you, I'm, I'm, I'll be straight here. I turn 79 next month. I'm really looking forward to turning 80 because I, I was telling some folks the other day that I feel like 
39. I'm, I'll be 79. I feel 39. I, I, I mean, I, I actually have always kind of felt younger and so forth, but I'm even more so now looking forward to, will I at 80, which sounds horribly old, am I going to feel the way I feel right now? Because as I've lost weight, as what I'm eating, as I'm walking, you know, I used to hate to walk. I would always try to get the closest parking spot to the door, right? And <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> something I prided myself in. I could always find the closest spot. But, you know, what wife I had would say, why are you driving around so much and so forth? But, but you know, I hated to walk. Now, I'm, in fact, Jackie chides me, why is it so important to hit 8,000 steps? I, I really am committed to getting 8,000. I should be getting 10,000, 12,000, but let me take my time to get there. Um, because 8,000 was even a 50% drop in death rate in 10 years. I mean, that's pretty convincing. So it, for me personally, these changes are very, very positive, not nearly as hard as I thought, and actually quite fulfilling and rewarding and, and enjoyable. So I'm, I'm hoping, Beth Ann, you and I can talk again in another 10 years. And we'll see I'm how- counting on it, Dennis. I am counting on it. And I mean, I had truly forgotten that your next, that your next birthday will be 80. I don't think any one of us would believe that. And yeah. boy, if we all can look and feel as great as you do at 80 and beyond, or almost 80 and beyond, then truly I think you are the poster child for everything we've talked about today and in, in how we can prepare ourselves psychologically and physically to, to deal with whatever comes down the pike. COVID, not COVID, something else that we don't know yet. The outgrowths of COVID, the way our state is, is rolling open, maybe having to roll back, all of those things, that kind of flexibility uh, and, and ways of having you know, a facile way of dealing with life, that's a really good skill. And that's another wonderful thing that I think that you've shared with us and, and why that's important and how truly anybody at just about any age can choose to make some really great choices in life to prepare them for whatever life may throw at them, COVID or anything else. And I want to thank you so much for being willing to spend part of your day with me. I've, I've enjoyed our conversation as I always do. You always, Beth Ann. It's great to talk and share together these thoughts. Thank you. And we will talk and share, hopefully, some more. Thanks again. And for those of you, sorry? Thanks very, very much. No, really, truly, thank you. And I'm sorry, because I'm having a little problem with the audio on this, but I just want to let you know that uh, for those of you who've been watching along with us, if you have something that you think that we should be talking about, if you have a question, send it in. My email address is Kozlov, that's K-O-Z as in zebra, L-O. V as in Victor, B as in boy, at SutterHealth.org. Kozlov, B, at SutterHealth.org. And we will make sure that we get those questions over to Mental Health America of Hawaii, and they'll be happy to answer them if you have specifics. And if you have something you want us to talk about, well, let me know that too, and we can do that as well. So until the next time that we gather for a conversation from anxiety to clarity, have a great week. And I'll see you next time.